0: This is Film Center, your number one show for real entertainment industry news. No fluff, all facts. Now, here are your anchors, Derek Johnson II and Nicholas Killian.
1: Hello and welcome to Film Center. My name is Derek Johnson II.
0: I'm Nicholas Killian.
1: And what are we talking about today, Nicholas?
0: Today we're going to be talking about Taylor Swift's new movie.
1: Yes, this is interesting because not a lot of celebrities, I would say, should say musicians, rather. Musicians. Release their concerts as movies. Although it's but not the first time, though. It's not the first time. Not a lot of them do, because a lot of them basically need to have a certain following that warrants that. But Taylor has certainly made a splash, not only in how much was made, but then also how she went about it. Right. She's being talked about everywhere. Everywhere. Regardless, it's quite interesting. There's a lot of, I shall say, fans of hers that were unaware that football players exist (laughs) because a lot of them claimed that she made a two time Super Bowl winner famous. Even that was
0: actually a TikTok trend. Yeah, it was like, oh, did you know Taylor Swift really
1: put on this dude? A lot of there's a lot of her fans that really believe that, which obviously was not true because he's a two time Super Bowl Champion. Yeah, Yeah, he.
0: he, people know who he is. But anyway, so uh, like we were saying, so Taylor Swift's uh, movie just came out, and actually, number one, it is the highest grossing concert movie of all time.
1: Now, this is quite shocking because um, it it might also be the highest because of just how it was promoted. Um, When I think of other celebrities who have had their tours made into movies there's no there's just not as much now there's not as much star power but the marketing for it was a lot larger than what you usually see i also think we live in a time in which people are really ready for those type of movies in the past when you hear oh this is a tour movie most people just ignore it and we
0: also can't ignore that taylor swift is literally the most powerful white woman in the united states
1: she's the most powerful caucasian musician
0: yes and I think we underestimate that. Yeah. I mean, like she, her, her, her followers are very strong. Devoted and famous. Just like, So like I was saying, the Eras Tour. So it just came out. Now, one of the issues with the Taylor Swift Eras Tour is that it did not meet expectations when it came out.
1: Yeah. Like I said before, these type of movies aren't really popular because they're not really shot like they're documentaries where there's a narrative with them. It's just literally something that people are seeing either in person or you can see, I would say, more engaging recordings of on social media and little bits and pieces.
0: Right. So the thing is, Taylor Swift opened to a record of $92.8 million and $123.5 million globally domestically. globally. October 13th through the 15th. So that is the highest grossing concert movie to exist, far exceeding Michael Jackson's This Is It and Justin Bieber's Never Say Never. So Michael Jackson domestically grossed $72 million and globally grossed
1: $74.3 million. Now, in are 2009. We ta- we're talking about box office here and not DVD sales. Box First office. of all, Taylor. Taylor Swift's concert is not out log up to even be have DVD sales in the right. first place. Um, so this, this is just over a period of 2 days. That's incredible. That's that is very impressive, especially I think because people are comparing it to other movies. Mm-hmm. They expected that kind of that those kind of aspirations. But for what it is, it still made a large chunk of money. Oh, it made more money
0: than all of the other ones. Now, one of the things that is not talked about, or we haven't talked about it yet, is the fact that probably one of the reasons why it didn't make as much as it was projected to, which was Taylor Swift kind of went around the movie industry and
1: just went straight to AMC. Yeah, I think if she went would have went with a... Now, AMC is just the movie theaters. I think if she might have partnered with a larger distributor, they would have put her in more theaters, obviously equaling more money i'm not saying that she wasn't in uh, theaters nationwide but obviously the studios have a bigger reach this is their wheelhouse here right and she, it also makes you wonder what prevented her from doing that i would say probably so that we could keep more of the money which makes sense but it, it's weird to not hear a big star like taylor at least use her label as right. a means of distribution i
0: mean if she had went through the appropriate channels i mean she could have at least gone a hundred and fifty million just off of this weekend, I mean she partnered directly with a m c her and her team bypassed the whole Hollywood studio system, like we were saying now one an- another reason why it could have come in under budget was the film's target audience is relatively narrow
1: yeah, that's true. her target audience is. It's different than actors where when someone's a regular, not a regular actor, but when someone's an A-list actor and they're in a movie, right? You have two types of really audiences. You're going for people who, or several types of audiences, actually. You're going for people who like the actor, one. People who are fans of the, like, let's say Jumanji, for example, right? Right. Okay, you're going for people who are fans of Kevin Hart, this one audience. People who are fans of The Rock, right? People who are fans of Jack Black. They have people who are fans of the original IP, then you also have fans of people who are uh, people who are fans of that genre. Right. People who they just need they just want a good family movie at the end of the day. These tour movies haven't been haven't been as popular as other movies specifically because they're only geared towards this one artist's fan. No casual moviegoer is going to go to this.
0: According to track 79% of the audience for the Ares tour was female and 70% of it of that 79% were white
1: and the other percentage is their boyfriends
0: right or whoever their they whoever they, whoever those, they, they drug to bring drug to the movie additionally only 18% of the audience was 35 or older, and this is according to Track. This suggests that the broad audience might have been reached with a more traditional marketing campaign, like we said, with Taylor Swift's idea to go with AMC's unauthorized, unorthodox release strategy.
1: What's quite interesting is that a lot of the news I've heard about this has mostly been word of mouth. I have not—it could also be because— um, The YouTube algorithm and whatever social media algorithms don't really pander me a black male to Taylor Swift stuff. Right. But at the same time, we keep our finger on the pulse when it comes to a lot of marketing and a lot of uh, PR. And I have not seen a lot of advertisement for her that is not just straight up word of mouth. Well, but here's the thing, though.
0: Isn't word of mouth the best form of
1: advertising? Not if you want to get to everyone. I mean, word of mouth is the most validated advertising. That's why they say it's quote unquote the best because you'll believe them more, right? But it's not the best one to get it out there. If I, if everyone in this entire neighborhood knew me, where we are, right? This entire complex, they all knew me. And I walked outside and screamed at the top of my lungs, like, oh, hey, Taylor Swift's movie is the best, right? And everyone heard me and everyone believed me. It's still not as powerful as releasing something to Variety.
0: I will tell you this. If you came and told me you're like Nicholas, you have got to watch the Taylor Swift movie. If you told me that, I'd be like, okay, there's something in this movie that I have to go see.
1: Yeah, but thats I'm not in the demographic at all.
0: (laughs) So if you come to me and you're like, bro, you got to see this movie, I'll be like, man, I got to see this
1: movie. This is not the target demographic. Yeah, not at all. You know what's interesting is that no one has actually told me to see the movie probably for that reason. So <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I don't think Derek would be interested in, in this movie.
0: One of the things that might have also put off moviegoers or casual moviegoers who are not Taylor Swift fans who are affectionately referred to as Swifties is that the film's rowdy atmosphere might have put off some moviegoers.
1: The rowdy atmosphere. You know, I heard a lot about this. There's a lot of videos on social media about their, her fans uh, acting
0: The thing is, Swift and AMC encouraged fans to basically make this seem like this is the actual concert that they're at. They were encouraged to sing and dance during the film, Hmm. right? So... If you just happen to be a casual Taylor Swift fan and you're like, oh, wow, I didn't get to go see the heiress tour because I didn't have tickets or they were too expensive, so I'll just go watch the movie and you've got five 16-year-olds screaming their head
1: off oh my 20, God, it's Taylor!"
0: 25-year-olds that are dancing and singing, you might, and because of the word of mouth, you are like, yeah, I'll, I was gonna go see that movie, and you're like, oh, "Don't go do that." There's just a, there's a bunch of tweens just screaming at the top of their lungs. Yeah, making this seem like it's a, it's an actual concert, which is what it was billed
1: to be. It's this is this is comes from AMC's part of being out of touch, a little. So, so they're a little bit out of touch with the movie culture, here in America. There are other movie cultures in which screaming and yelling and all of that. There's a lot of movie cultures out there that where that's really appropriate. For example, uh, if you ever seen a Talgo movie over in India. We're going to what one is of the a Talgo? Talgo it's, it's a language. Oh. There's a place called uh, Tollywood. You know they have Bollywood? It's Tollywood.
0: What is Tollywood?
1: It's it's a, it's like Bollywood, but it's in, it's in India, and they speak uh, Talgo. Oh, really? Hmm. Yes. Talgo is not a, a location. It's a language over there that they speak. And many Indian theaters, they enjoy laughing and screaming and like, Although they enjoy being loud and being able to express themselves and enjoy the movie like you would at home. Mm. Like, oh, and you know, they talk to the movie and all, oh, that's awesome and stuff like that. But how many times in America, when you're watching a movie, you go, shh.
0: That's the general culture of that watching movies. That is the movies.
1: culture that we, have, you know, when I say we, the American collective, have used for hundreds of for at least the hundred years that film has been around, to say this is what you're supposed to be in a theater because it is akin to what we did for plays, right? People were quiet in the theater for plays. Theater, not theater meaning plays and musicals and stuff like that, so people can hear. So now we train our American culture to do the same thing with cinema. And so then you have this change where they want you to just get up and start screaming. Some people might be off-put by that. If you are used to movie theaters being quiet and everyone just starts screaming their head off you're going to be upset by that. We've all been in situations where there's a crying baby. And you don't just say, oh, that's okay. A lot of people are pretty annoyed by it. Also, we also have to
0: understand that this movie is almost three hours long.
1: Yes, it's, a, it's, it's a long... It's two
0: hours and 48 minutes long.
1: So imagine this. I know you. we've both been in situations when we're watching a movie, like when we go see Gran Turismo, and you can hear some of the screen from next door. In the other theater, you can hear ah or who every so often, right? Something inciting happens over there, or you can uh, sometimes hear laughter just a little bit, right? Or sometimes you can hear a little of the other uh, scream. Now imagine you're hearing just straight up screaming the whole time while you're trying to enjoy your movie. While you're trying to enjoy your movie, that has nothing to do with Taylor Swift. I can see that being pretty annoying, and a lot of people discouraging others to be like, "Hey, look, lad, like this movie was it was was too much." Yeah, and then also the thing is... But is, it's not the moviegoer's fault, technically. They are being encouraged to do this. They are. They're just actually following the rules.
0: <laughs> and the thing is, you sit there and you say, Unique's role as both distributor and exhibitor, I mean, there was bound to be some hard feelings where part of studios who could have commanded a distribution fee of anywhere from 8 to 15%. So that's where the topic of they were potentially leaving millions on the table in part to the unorthodox way of, of... going around. Of going about distributing the movie.
1: I also think that part of it is... Part of it might have also been contr- uh, good control. Yeah, she would have had a lot more money. Right. But I guarantee you they would have made her change some aspects of the movie just because executives always have notes
0: well it's funny that you say that because i don't know if you remember this but you remember when andrew schultz came out with his uh comedy special yes right and it was a big deal for him because he was going to release it on one of the major platforms i think it was netflix Mm -hmm. and there were some jokes in there that netflix wanted andrew to take out and was like if you don't take out these jokes then we're not going to put it on Netflix. And he was sitting there, man, they're going to offer me all this money, but they want me to take out these jokes. What do I do? And so he said, ultimately, what he ended up doing was he ended up just releasing the whole special on YouTube. Right. He just released the whole thing on YouTube and he was like, I was really nervous about it because there's no guarantee that I'm going to make the money I would make if I just gave it to Netflix. But then that would mean I would have to compromise my artist's integrity of the jokes that I really wanted to tell.
1: There's a huge rise right now in creator integrity, right? Okay, I made my art, especially people who are professionals. These are not people who are new and they're trying to express themselves. These are quote-unquote, seasoned celebrity veterans, right, who know what their fans want. And, and really any kind of notes that you're giving, if they're not helpful, a lot of times they're just check boxes so that way they can be on whoever's platform. And so right. Taylor Swift and Andrew Schultz in, in that example were both like my fan base is large enough to where I think I know what I'm doing. What, what do you think as
0: somebody who has, as somebody quite like myself who has your pulse on the industry what do you think that this is this movie is going to clear it's already grossed over a hundred million dollars just over the weekend
1: yeah but I do you
0: think it's going to drop off a cliff or what? I,
1: I do based on now its spike is a lot higher than I expected it to be but I do is gonna I do believe it's not going to last as long mainly because of a the pre- prior history of tour movies. And B, when it comes to entertainment like this, everyone wants to know what's the newest album or what's the newest tour or anything like that. The movies, narrative movies, and even documentaries, they're more about the story. You know what I'm saying? It's something you can hear again and again, right? A lot of people don't watch tours again and again. People watch comedy specials a lot cuz they like to rehear the jokes, but right. most people if they want to instead of hearing it at the concert, a lot of times they'll just listen to the album.
0: It's not so something the you would rewatch the movie of, it,
1: of. The replayability of it is low. I would say that for most movies there is some level of rewatch replayability, but even for narratives and and, and documentaries. But uh, do you think that do you think that this movie
0: was because it was my understanding that this movie was put out for the people who couldn't get tickets to the Eras tour and watch it as it was.
1: I mean, if that if, if that's all this is, just for people who just couldn't get tickets, then it's phenomenal. It's a phenomenal success, right? But if you're just comparing it to being a movie, comparing to other movies, not as much. Now it's AMC kind of
0: positioned this movie as like an exclusive with AMC. Do you think that, that was a huge, that was a mistake? Do you think yes. that they yes. left yes. millions yes. of dollars on the table?
1: Not The reason why they left the money on the table is because of the goal. If your goal is to say, okay, this is for all the people who didn't get to see my concert, and then you only release the AMC, then yes, that's a missed opportunity. So I'll give you an example. I'm from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Okay. And a little backstory. Taylor Swift used to go to my arrival high school and briefly and a lot of teachers who went to my high school taught Taylor Swift when she went there. It's interesting that there's a little not that I know Taylor Swift but her ex-boyfriend we did know her he wasn't our we did know him. Really? Yeah yeah. You, you knew she, when, Taylor Swift's ex-boyfriend back in high came, school? Yeah when he came when she came back for one of our tours to Nashville we bought him tickets because we thought it was hilarious but that's another story mainly why I bring this up is because that is a town that she lived in, Nashville. Right. right the Nashville area. Merseboro is Nashville area. Up until, I want to say, six years ago, we didn't have an AMC in Murfreesboro. You know what we had? We had a CarMike Cinemas.
0: What's a Carmack Cinemas?
1: Exactly. We had a CarMike Cinemas, right? If you want to distribute your movie to all tons of people who haven't seen it, especially... And now there's an AMC in Nashville, right? But not in Mervsboro, which is in the Nashville area still. We're still area code 615. And that's the country musical capital of the world. Even though she's viewed more as a pop star now, that's still like where she claims that she's from. She's actually from Pennsylvania. Um, (laughs) Air it out, DJ. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to tell all of her business, but. Basically, I think that she should have did a different deal with, Carmack Cinemas, a different deal with Regal's Cinemas and AMC and just had non-exclusive deals. Because if the goal is to spread it wide, then spread it wide, right? But you can't say, oh, this is the idea if you're only going with one of them. AMC, don't get me wrong, is the biggest distributor at movie theater right right now. Right now. But I'm not going to say that Regal Cinemas is nothing, You know what I'm saying? Like, they're quite large themselves. Maybe you didn't want to do Carmack Cinemas. Mercer has an AMC now. But I'm just saying, you never know, right? If that was the point to spread wide, then why wouldn't you go wide? And it was just to... To me personally, I feel like this whole thing was just like, oh, hey, we felt like we could make some extra dollars, which also explains why she didn't go through the usual channels to make those multi-millions. They're just like, eh, we just want a little bit more money. We don't want all the headache of all that other stuff. Do
0: you are you surprised that she didn't do something for the town that she claims that she was from? Because that could be like a huge selling point of, because she's thought of as like this hometown girl, and (laughs) if she went back to where she claims she's from, that could be a huge selling point for her movie and her image.
1: So I went to Siegel High School, and her ex boyfriend went to Siegel. She went to, it's either Riverdale or Oakland. But when she was in Murfreesboro, a lot of the teachers at Siegel Se- was still like new. It was a young school when I went there. Right. So a lot of teachers that we had taught her. And I will have to say, Murfreesboro is not the type of place where you would, that you're going to get a lot of press at from celebrating. You're going to get way more press from celebrating Nashville than you're in Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro just doesn't have the population for that even though that could be something that she would pitch. But once again, she's not from Tennessee. She's from Pennsylvania. So it's pros and cons. I honestly, though, I honestly, since I live here in Los Angeles, there could have been some specific targeting in Nashville that I just missed because I lived over here. Also, the one
0: thing that I would bring up that I'd want to get your opinion on is, like we know, um, the... the Variety is reporting that a week before Eris opened, AMC issued a press release announcing that worldwide advanced pre-sales cl- climbed past $100 million across everywhere. Now, you just said that you think that... Basically, you said that you think that this concert movie is a bit top-heavy.
1: Yeah, think about it like this. So, you have all of these pre-sales that were done. Right? Okay, pre-sales and what it's grossing, that should be those overlap.
0: Could you explain?
1: So if those of you don't know a pre-sales is basically a ticket that's bought before it's come out. else more specifically, um, there are estimates that come out. Like when you're making a movie, for example, you need funding, you're like, oh, okay, this is the new Jurassic Park movie, right? Bank, give me some money because I know I'm going to make at least X millions of dollars. In pre-sales, because you're such a large IP, your will makes, you're almost guaranteed some money with those pre-sales. But in this instance, with these pre-sales, what they mean is literally people buying the tickets for it before it comes out. Much like I did when Aven- for every Avengers movie, actually. Every, every, every Avengers movie. <laughs> right, they were- so, but you can't say that. It's like, if I buy, let's say I'm going to the Nicholas movie, okay? And I buy a ticket. I pre. I have a ticket before it comes out for $20. I buy a ticket. That's a pre-sale before the movie comes out. But then when I go see the movie and then I use that ticket, it still counts as the $20. You'll say, oh, now I gross Now we just got $20. Okay, you can't, you don't have 40 It's the same $20 from the pre-sale that it is can calculate into the gross. Okay, and then one another thing that I would
0: ask you is, what do you find about the non-refundable tickets that was the huge issue with the quote-unquote Swifties?
1: I would have done the same thing, especially because, like I said, this movie to me was just seemed like it was just to get a little extra money on the side. It really wasn't to be a big movie to compete with the other movies. It wasn't really made, and especially because if you're only looking to make a little extra money, based off of some people who just wanted to go there, I would, like, this plan makes total sense. I'm not going to go through Universal or some other, like, large studio distributor that would probably love to have it for billions of dollars because that's a huge headache unto itself, and the concert date is coming up. It's a lot easier for me to just say, hey, movie theaters, I'm famous, people are going to come buy it. Here, take my movie. It's a lot easier to do it that way than it is to do, you know, these long contracts with the larger studios. On top of the fact, that it's non-refundable because it's like buying a ticket because you feel like you're actually seeing the concert, which is part of the reason why AMC probably encouraged fans to act like they were actually at a concert. A lot of concert tickets are non-refundable. And then one of the things that I would ask you, because I agree with you, but one of the
0: things that I would ask you is... Taylor Swift's fan base includes plenty of adults, right? Mm. Do you think, like we were just talking about, do you think that not only the noise and dancing and all that kind of stuff, do you think that the older people who are fans of Taylor Swift were intimidated to go to the movie? To
1: be fair, it's not really for older people. As messed up as that sounds... Like, her target demographic is not for older fans. She does, like, any musician has older fans. Right. Now, the longer ago the musician was popular, the older their fan base, right? Taylor Swift is relevant today, right? Her fan base is it's still quite young. She does have older fans from, like, 10 years ago, but... And they have their own kids now and stuff like that, but... Facts remain that she's still relevant today, obviously. Right? So she has... She's only gotten fans. more relevant year over year. Right. So it's not really made for. The older crowd, I would ev- I would doubt would even go see this movie. Like, it's just not something that they would be interested in. I would never... It's not like... When Michael Jackson's the one, Michael Jackson's, uh, this is it. Kind right. Of right. Michael Jackson is from that older generation. Right? Mm-hmm. So I can see people of an older generation going to the theaters taylor swift she's youth you know i'm saying she's young her fans are young it's not really for the older generations so it's not that they were off put by it i just don't think they would feel like going once again it's a lot easier just to listen to the album than deal with all that what
0: i also think it is it's also disposable income there's a reason why the 18 to 25 the 18 to 30 is like the golden ratio of group of people you want to target because they're the ones especially the younger ones who have the most disposable income that's true but uh, anyway do you have any takeaways for
1: I think that whoever does the next concert movie look at how Taylor Swift made her money this obviously worked for her. Maybe it wasn't the millions and millions compared to other movies, but they definitely got something out of it. And I doubt that she will not do this again. She probably will do this several more times. she It's proven that it makes a ton of money. And then I foresee like almost every other artist copying her. Anyway, this
0: has been Film Center. I'm Nicholas Killian. I'm Derek Johnson II. And we'll see y'all later. See ya. This has been Film Center on Comic-Con Radio. Check out our previous episodes at filmcenternews.com. Sign up for our newsletter and get the Hollywood trade straight to you. You can follow the show at Film Center News on all major platforms. Tune in next week for a fresh update. Until next time, this has been Film Center.
1: Hey, do you like anime and manga? Nick and I are big fans of the genre. Yeah, we
0: recently discovered a manga named Tamashi. It's written and created by Ryan McCarthy,
1: and it recently just came out with its 10th volume. Now, Tamashi is an isekai about a girl who gets transported to another world called the Ancient Lands. She gains mysterious powers and must fight demons and monsters to find her way home. Check it out on GlobalComics.com or
0: RyanMcCarthyProductions.com. And that's Global Comics with an X.